In the name of Jesus, amen. The people were in expectation. As with the season of Advent, we begin our season of Epiphany with expectation and anticipation for the Christ. And we will, throughout this season, highlight those passages where Jesus reveals his power and his glory, his wondrous deeds, saturated with the new creation, will cause report of him to spread throughout all of Israel. And yet, while we, because of the testimony of the apostles, understand the significance of these events, it seems that even while his fame was growing, Jesus was largely misunderstood by his contemporaries. The advent and epiphany of Jesus was generally received with confusion, disappointment, and even offense, all centering on the questions, who is to be the Christ, the one to come, and more importantly, what would the Christ come to do? Now, though the messianic expectations of Israel varied widely during this time, certain aspects seem fairly common and are highlighted by the evangelists. And so, inspired by the prophetic writings, the hopeful of Israel looked for the one who would reverse their fortunes, one who would wield the sword of justice and recompense, one who would restore the glory of the Davidic throne and put an end to all of Israel's enemies. And John, in some sense, seemed to fit the part. He was righteous and fearless, a bold prophetic figure who even stood up to kings. He had what I believe theologians call chutzpah. And so the people wondered if he might be the one. But John points to one who is far greater, a mighty one who will baptize with the Holy Spirit and with fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand, he says, to clear his threshing floor and to gather wheat into his barn, but the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. When we read these verses back in Advent, we concluded that season of expectation with a baby. A baby in backwater Bethlehem, in a manger, meek and mild, hardly a picture of eschatological judgment. And now we read this passage again, with John delivering the same message of the Mighty One who is coming with winnowing fork and fire. Shuffles onto the scene, the last in line to get baptized. No fire, no fork, no axe at the root of the tree. If this is the Christ, then what has he come to do? No fire accompanying this epiphany, but instead it's a dove. A dove gently floating down out of heaven, coming to rest on Jesus. We are told by Luke that this was the Holy Spirit, but the people would hardly have understood this. There's simply no precedent for that sort of thing in Israel's history. In the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit would come upon people with a great rush of power, or like a mighty wind, perhaps like a fire, as John preaches. But a dove landing in the style of St. Francis on the head or the shoulder, 
And then there's that voice from heaven. It's hard to say whether Luke meant that everyone heard it or just Jesus, since the words, unlike Matthew, are addressed to Jesus in the second person. But even so, the words are not so obviously clear as we have come to understand them this side of Easter. There are echoes of Psalm 2. You are my son, today I have begotten you, describing a king who will rule with a rod of iron and dash the nations to pieces. But the son is also my beloved, so that one may hear the voice of God to Abraham in Genesis 22. Take your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love. The story of the ultimate sacrifice. And perhaps even the servant of the Lord from Isaiah 42 is indicated with, In you I am well pleased. But unlike John's firebrand Messiah, the servant of I- in Isaiah is gentle and compassionate. He will not cry or lift up his voice or make it heard in the street. A bruised reed he will not break, and a faintly burning wick he will not quench. He will faithfully bring forth justice. It is an intensely complex and confusing picture. And when Jesus begins to preach and to heal and to cast out demons, there is increased expectation and anticipation. But clarity does not come. Faith slips away from most. Disappointment settles in, even offense. Are you the one who is to come, or shall we look for another? What is he here to do? Is he here to challenge our authorities and our traditions? Is he here to help the poor, to raise the social status of the low and the downtrodden? Is he here to teach us the law or to replace an old religion with a new one? And we could add to that list the many modern questions and variations of Jesus that are sought and expected, doubted or spurned. So what is it? that this Christ has come to do. He has come to be baptized. When all the people were baptized, all of them, says Luke, then Jesus enters in. Then Jesus is baptized. And his entire ministry is about this baptism. And there is also a fire the fire of God's wrath, and it will burn, and it will divide wheat from chaff, but it will burn in the baptism of Golgotha. I came to cast fire on the earth, and would that it were already kindled, he said. I have a baptism to be baptized with, and how great is my distress until it is accomplished. Christ's baptism was his entrance into our place under God's judgment, into our unrighteousness, though he remains until the end the innocent one. His baptism in the Jordan plunged him into the baptism of the cross, that the fire of God's judgment upon the sin of all people might be quenched. And it's there that we meet him. There at the cross is where we meet him in our baptism. He was baptized into our death so that we might be baptized into his. He was baptized into our death so that he might raise us with him, with his resurrection, 
And the fire that would burn in judgment has now come to burn in our hearts as the Holy Spirit dwells in us. Oh, that the whole world would burn with this fire. And here it is. You and I, we're not confused about who this Christ is. Our expectations about what he has come to do have not been disappointed. For we have the testimony of those who have seen his glory. We have received the riches of his grace and mercy and we burn with the fire of his holy love. And there is an epiphany yet to be. And the people are in expectation. What should we tell them? Listen carefully these next weeks. Let our meditation upon our Lord's epiphany inform our message. Attend to the Jesus of the Gospel as He reveals not only His divinity, but the end of our humanity as we now experience it. Mark how each miracle of the epiphany flows from the baptism of death and resurrection and lead to nothing less than the cosmic death and resurrection of all of creation. This is the Christ, the beloved Son. And this is what He has come to do. Amen.